July 25, 2020, it's a Wife for Pedro show.
Bought for Pedro Show. Happy Saturday. I think it's the last one of July. Last one of the month. Summer's <laughs> summer's in the middle, huh? Trippy. Started with After the Crescent, John Coltrane. Protest and Survive and a Hope. Which kind of sounds like contradictory, but the man yeah, Brother Matt's still at the Love Grotto because we're at Quentin Quarantino mode, so I'm not all man alone. There's those um, software engineers in Estonia with their Skype invention. I got Ken Warhol, Warrop. There you go. That'll do it. Warrop, Warrop. Okay. Sorry. I, Tough German little, name. Yeah, I got a little um, dys- dyslexic there. And he's calling from <laughs> Brooklyn, people. And uh, Ken, thanks so much for being on the show. Oh, it's a damn honor for me, okay. sir. I'm so, I'm so happy to be able to talk to you today. Well, right back. Your, your journey seems uh, with music, and, and we'll get later to the writing, too. Very interesting. I've had a few cats on that do music and writing. You know, I've always had the connect being inspired by writers because it's harder to, well, you have to uh, abstractly transform their imagery, expression into like lit riffs, where if you listen to somebody else's song, you could just steal the riffs. So <laughs> I feel a little less filthy. But but Ken, Ken, tell me your uh, your earliest musical recollection, please. Uh, oh, Warren Zevon, uh, Werewolves of London. My, I remember hearing it like on AM radio as a little kid. And I used to sing it, but in my simple New Jersey mind, as a very, very young kid, the only thing I could remember was the werewolf sound. I, I didn't remember any of the other lyrics. So I would just go, ooh, and then like mumble something. And I remember singing that like in the back of my mom's car. Okay. Well, radio rock, right? Or what, cassette tape? No, no, this would this would have been like, you know, AM was still around, yeah. so maybe it was CBS FM here on the East Coast. Who, who the hell knows? But I, I remember hearing that, and I picked up, like, is that, that's like ear candy for a little kid, right? Sure, sure. The sounds. I remember yeah. there was a Boris Karloff, well, it was, it was Bobby Boris, whatever his name, and he had to do the Monster Mash, and it had sounds, too. I yeah, I had, a, a kid. I had a 45 of that, I remember, okay. as, as a kid. Okay. And like, yeah, the, yeah. Can you remember the first record you bought yourself? Uh, I want to say it was the Police Ghost in the Machine, maybe. Okay. Either, either that, yeah. It like bought myself. Other than, but I remember the first album I really wanted, and and somebody gave to me was Kiss Alive too. Okay. Okay. Because I was a Kiss fanatic as a kid. <laughs> we seen them a few times before they even had that first album. I remember when the first album came out, we were like, man, it's so slow. Because, of course, live, they didn't play, you know, they're they're opening up, trying to sell it, right? So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they're not all careful like the record. It was, like, really trippy. What, what about, oh, so you grew up where in New Jersey? I grew up in Parsippany, uh, which is, like, maybe maybe 30 minutes outside of, the, of New York City. Okay, because um, when you look at, it's funny, you know, living in here, California, 54 years. I always know, because they put the New Jersey on the license plate, and it looks like a backwards California that's a little bit tinier. 
it, it just looks like a mangled tumor when you, when you <laughs> see it on that license plate. Like, it doesn't look like anything. Um, yeah, it's, it's, but it's flipped over. It's like the mirror image of us. And you yeah, guys got yeah. a coast. You know, I've played in uh, Asbury Park and stuff at the uh, Stone Pony. And there's a shoreline and all that. And it's very interesting. I think people only know Newark because of the, the New York City thing, maybe. But it's actually pretty rural in some parts. And jug handles. Uh, making left-hand turns from <laughs> far starboard. <laughs> That's why it takes forever to get anywhere. You yeah. got to do the damn jug handle to get on a side street. In but fact, um, the only uh, yeah. the only uh, frat party I think I've ever played, or maybe there was another one, but I know one time in Princeton. So the, the Mr. Franklin School set up there. What about in the pad? Was there musical instruments uh, in in my home growing yeah. up? Yeah, I, I was a drummer, so I that's where I got my start. Like, it was funny. I was listening to you talk to Paige Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. You guys talk about, you guys talking about, hey, it's never too late to start. Right. And so, like, as a kid, I was I was a drummer. I was really into Stuart Copeland. And then when I got into to that's heavy music. That's probably why you bought that record. You know, yeah, yeah. And because, uh, I mean, the police were, as a kid, I remember just being floored by them and how incredible they were. And this was this was like pre-synchronicity, you know, so they were like still that incredible band. And then uh, all through high school, played drums, went, went away to college, uh, played drums. Can, can I ask and you then, how, how, how did you, would you, did you get a kit right away or were you on pots and pans and shit? No, I got, I, I tried to play, I did the, made the mistake of, of going school band. Ah, and so gave, like marching you, band or a... Yeah, yeah, the the like sit down orchestra band, oh, oh, and they okay. give you, yeah. yeah, they give you the 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 um the drum pad and, and the sticks, and they're they're walking you through the rudiments and everything. And I, I couldn't do it; I didn't like it. Yeah, I I, I didn't have the the patience for it. Uh, I regretted that later. But you got a trap <laughs> kit. What would you ask your parents? They, they where'd you prac in the bedroom? Uh, I had it. We were lucky enough. My, uh, we had a basement. Oh, yeah, Jersey okay. has a basement, so yeah. you, you always have a basement. And uh, my the guy is now my brother in law, but he was dating my sister in high school. Found a friend who had a had a, the old Rogers Silver Sparkle kit for like fifty bucks, and I I had paper route money stashed yeah. away, and I I did that, and it, it was it was the kind that it was so cheap. It, it had it. Did, it came with like only one cymbal stand, and it had that bass drum mounted cymbal stand that yeah, would always yeah. fall over. <laughs> and that thing, that thing would always like if you hit it too hard, you just see it going down. You can never catch it. And I, I wound up cracking the cymbal, so I had it. I took a shoestring and tied that to the tom tom. Well, the tom tom was probably mounted to the kick too, right? Yeah, yeah. So it had that. It had that big uh, arched sort of mounting thing yeah, to the kick, yeah. and then. First band I ever played in in uh, in high school, the dude who played guitar had the same exact colored kit, and he just gave it to me. But the bass drums were different size, and I I didn't want to mount the toms on the on each bass drum, so I came up with this stupid idea of getting a simple stand and duct taping <laughs> around the middle so the clamps would hold. On opposite sides, because I was like, I'm like, I want the Alex Van Halen kit. Yeah, but what and about that, a snare drum stand? 
Uh, no, no, because it was I had two toms in the middle. Oh, so, so I, I okay, yeah. I understand so now. With, with the kid he gave me, I had two bass drums, two toms in the middle, two floor toms, yeah. which <laughs> way too many drums for a high school kid. You know, and my parents hated me for it. Okay, they, they just, so in the basement, you, 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 like after school with your buddies, you uh, had band, right? Oh yeah, metal bands. Okay, you know, that's okay. like yeah, yeah. So you want you want to learn how to become a drummer? Learn a Motley Crue song. That, oh, so that that's was, how you, you you actually you didn't take lessons. You learned off the of records like George Hurley. Yep. And, and was yep. Motley, so it was Motley. So uh, Tommy Lee. Yeah, I, I wish I could say I got as good as George Hurley, but you know, uh, yeah, Tommy you know, what Lee. George, what George Hurley Hurley. did was he bought Happy Jack by the Who and Spectrum by Billy Cobham, and got some headphones and fucking times so. The range on those two, the fact that that's what he figured out, like Spectrum, like, are you kidding me? Well, if you wonder why Minutemen sound strange. (laughs) Oh, but that's why his his shit was so inventive on on the drum. Like, nobody played like George. It was amazing. Yeah. You know what? It was a weird mix. Same thing with Dee Boone. He was like a mix between John Fogarty and Buck Dharma. That, That, I've always wanted to ask you about the how would Blue Oyster Cult figured it? Because your your cover of Blue Oyster Cult, I still love to this day. We started playing it how... when we were thirteen. That's why so I play it really because it's a that. it's a common thread from all my playing from with D Boone to up to these days. Wow! Like nobody, it's rare. At least, maybe more recently. But if you went back ten years and you asked somebody if they were a Blue Oyster Cult fan, they would give you a weird look. <laughs> Well, you know, yeah. most of it's uh, up to like Agents of Fortune. We, I don't really know anything past that. But uh, yeah, they, yeah, they did. Yeah. I, I mean, truth be told, they had a big influence on us. Because, you know, there was no movement yet. They're all arena rock bands. And they were a little strange compared to the other ones, you know. You had yeah, to send it for the clear. words. The words came on a computer paper. And they were strange as hell. And the symbol and... There was no real front man. They all took turns singing. I mean, there was something about it. I don't know. I want to play Ark of Movement here, okay? Play Ark of Movement. Fucking <laughs> Ark. First show, first show in Queens. Hey, play Ark of Movement, you prick.
show yeah that's our good movement from end to hope uh andrea belfi the, the original drummer of the Osorio de Marinaio, uh, uh sent me some live stuff and and this was three tunes all together shale strata and ravine on something he did live and uh very good very interesting uh, i wish him well I just had a, a daughter bianca a few after that hearts of flowers brand new and then and hope from end to hope. I guess you call that the uh, ubiquitous? No, eponymous. Yeah. Ubiquitous yeah. means everywhere. Eponymous means the same thing. Yeah, okay. Same name. Uh, so, uh, yeah, what about this? Uh, okay. 
you're doing this in high school. What'd you call it? The basement metal bands. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That, what, what, what do you do with music after school? After high school? Yeah, you know, I went to college. I, you know, I, I just, I didn't play in bands then, so I was just still playing, but not really playing in bands. And then after that, I, I was playing some. I, I went to school in Ohio. Uh, and uh, I was playing in bands in Ohio, but nothing, nothing that was going anywhere. You know, bands here and there, or like you play with some dude who still lives at home with his dad. You know, and, and you know he's living off his dad's retirement money, so he's got he's got the rehearsal room in the basement, and, and the band winds up breaking up after like two weeks. You know that type of shit. You never do a uh, gig. Yeah, you, no, I did one gig with them, and I yeah, I quit because after I, I want to know about your first gig. What was that like? Uh. Was the, would that be the first one? I don't know. I that, wasn't there. You got to tell me, Ken. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because well, this one, this is good. Because this guy, this guy was a bit of a nut. His dad, like, I got to tell the story of his dad, because his dad was involved. So he said in, in U.S. Army testing, and the guy had uh, one leg that was shorter than the other. Really old guy, and I always felt bad for him. And he, he would just kind of sit in the kitchen all day and listen to the radio. While his idiot son would have the bands down in the basement just making a shit ton of noise. And I was like, man, I feel bad for this old guy. He's got to listen to our shit. This is going on. And his son was kind of an idiot. And we put, we played a gig. It was our first gig. And it was like, you know, half covers, half metal covers and stuff. And then some of our own. And uh, I, I would go on the record as saying our own stuff was not very great. Uh, but, you know, hey, you want to play in a band? You play. Yeah, and yeah. midway through the, the the set, the guy breaks a guitar string, and he's got one of them locking tuners, oh. you know, so he can do his massive tremolo soloing stuff. Well, dive bomber whammy bar. Yeah, yeah. And so he he breaks uh, he breaks his strings. He can't get the locking nut unlocked. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so he goes and begs the uh, one of the other bands to, to let him borrow one of their guitars. And it's this like younger kid who's like, hey, it's my only guitar. Don't break any strings, whatever you do. And, and the guy's being an asshole to him. He's like, yeah, sure, just give me the guitar, you know. And I'm like, uh, why am I playing this band with this guy? So we finish the set. We get done. The band that loaned us the guitar goes on, and they kill. They're awesome. It's three young kids. They've got their own style. They're doing it. And I'm like, man, they're they're so much better than us. And he's coming up to me. He's like, man, these guys are shit. They're just <laughs> terrible. They suck. And I just go, you know, I think I'm done. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I, I, think, I, I think I'm done. I'm going to pack up my shit and go. And that was it. I never played in that band again. Whoa. So your first gig was kind of a negative experience. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So it was, was kind of like that. You know? uh, well, you know, you can well, at least he didn't break the kid's guitar. I heard this story about this guy lending his bass to Jocko, and Jocko starts dancing on it, singing "Happy Birthday." <laughs> what are you gonna do? Yeah, well, yeah, I know it's Jocko. It's after that first time, right. yeah. or or maybe you're a slow learner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or maybe not. Maybe maybe six or seven. And yeah, figure it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah, of course. So okay, uh, so you know that was probably kind of a sea change of life. You were probably more picky with the next band, right? Uh, well, what I did with the next band was uh, I actually fa uh, through a friend found a guy 
we had all the kind of same musical interests. So we didn't really have a band yet, but we had each other. Yeah. And, you know, and, and you meet those people. And I, I've been lucky enough that I've had several kind of connections with, with different folks over the years where it's like, yeah, I, I can do some stuff with this person. And, and there's a there's a synergy to it. And so we we just started writing songs and the songs we were writing were really, really good. And then we just didn't know how to put together a, a, a band that went out and played and toured, you know, because it's like. I'm not telling you anything you don't know because you went and did it, but it's like when you first are starting, you're like, how does somebody go about doing this? Yeah, you don't sure. really know. And then you, you yeah. actually find out there's a lot of different ways you can do it, kind of. Yeah, yeah. And, and the weird twist at the time was I was working for this company called Belkin Productions, which was the big concert promoter in Ohio at that at that time. And they had been there for years. I think I think Live Nation bought them out now. I think Live Nation owns them like everybody else. And, um, but that's why we won the Cold War to make it safe for free the free enterprise and competition in the marketplace. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and one company controlling the entire ticketing industry. Um, so you, yeah, you, you, so you're I'm working for you're, you say you're you're working for a square John company, but my, meanwhile you're trying to put together this you and your buddies like individual yeah, music, yeah. And that's where I first learned recording. So we go we go and record the guy who was the biggest pot dealer in Ashtabula County in Ohio, <laughs> sunk a ton of his money into at that time this is going back a ways but at that time yeah. you remember like everybody was hot on those Tascam digital eight tracks oh yeah that, that was like a big thing so my guys a lot of the guys who were in the band with me they all grew up in ashtabula county they all knew this dude and they're like we'll go up and record with this guy he'll do us a good deal we can record and, you know he's got a setup in his attic and i'm like great so we go there and I'm like, whoa, look at this pro studio because he's got a Mackie board and a Tascam 8-track. I think I'm walking into, you know, this, like, pro setup, you know? Right. Capital. But I, I did, like, first time recording, like, banged out my drum tracks. I'm like, great. We're doing awesome. Like, I did all first takes. We're going to be great. And guitar player that started the band with me, he bangs out all his rhythm tracks, all, like, one or two takes. And we're like, man, we're flying here. And the rest of the band got too high and we got nothing done over the next day and a half and we walked away with nothing. Fuck. And that was kind of the last hurrah. That was kind of like we never we never really got back together after wow. that. So, so so learning experience. And yeah, then Yeah, yeah, some uh well that's how you yeah. get calluses, right? You need a little friction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well you, again it's kind of like, you know, like we were talking about backing up your computer shit. You got to have it go bad once to learn how not to do it, right? Right. You know, That's why I tell people you can't. It's good to take turns with situations in life because you can't learn everything always being the boss. Even though that society yeah, promotes that, but if you're always getting your way, you're going to miss out on learning a lot of shit. You need you need a you need a good feedback loop, right? Right, right. So or, or backhand. <laughs> yeah, of reality. <laughs> both, fucking, both heaping hands heaping helping full of whatever in both hands right in your face and then you have to deal yeah you have to react and deal yeah knowledge isn't just collecting facts it's dealing with situations and 
So those were two kind of bad ones. So you and your buddy never never did the music again. No, and then I left Ohio. I moved back east, and I, I moved into Brooklyn, and that's where I was like, I can't play drums anymore. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in Brooklyn living in a tiny apartment. What am I right. going to do? Where am I going to play drums at? You know, unbeknownst to me at that time, like, well, I probably could have tried to get a shared, like, drum room or something. You know, I didn't know that then. Um, but that's when I picked up a guitar. So I didn't start playing guitar until I was 30. Wow, Joe Biza was 27 in Saccharine Trust. Uh, he's phenomenal guitar yeah. player. That's why like, I try to tell people it's never too late. J- just because you don't have the kid experience, it don't mean you can't, you know, jump on right out of town. No, and when I heard you and Paige talking about that, I was kind of laughing. I'm like, yeah, I didn't I didn't really start playing until I was 30. Now, that was some time ago, so I haven't had a chance to, to practice since yeah, then. no wine before yeah. it's time. You know, Vincent painted only his last 10 years in his life. God, he crammed that in in the last 10. Yeah, oh, the fuck, just self-portraits. There's like thousands. <laughs> okay, we're at the end of the first hour, July 25, 2020, Dish Wap Pedro Show. Special guest Ken War Rob. I get that. Close one? enough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Multi-bar two. July 25, 2020, second hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
Everything is impermanent. It's just that some things are more so. This home will not stay our home. This home is a step on the way to someplace else. Or so we say that we're saving up, and instead we stay and stay, but still waiting for that other place, the place we could be if we did everything right. Found our way to the next place, but for now we're here, and the radiator hiss says the heat is on. Let us.
You ever heard of Cliff Burton? Bass player. Play this. He disproved Jack Michelin. The theory by the poets, Jack Michelin. Beat me. And Dustman. He disproved them. He's never heard of them. He disproved his long lost open theory. Shows not to be known by all. You don't even know what world peace means because someone has told you that. How can we have peace on earth when people will always be hardly competing with each other for nothing at all, even the smallest of nothing? Or people who, or a person even, save you that embarrassment. With a single bullet left in his gun, this one person's gun, and this person will say, "Might as well shoot someone today for fun. Maybe even a baby for fun. I'll shoot some random baby, some random person for fun today, because I'll go to jail happily, knowing that I fulfill my purpose of shooting some random guy in the face or anyone really." Therefore, from all that, you conclude that we'll never have peace on Earth. That the war on peace will always be a failure, never a victory. I'll say, how do you know that? How do you know these things? And you will all say, because someone else told me these things. I did not know them. And I was dead when they told me these things. Now I'm alive and I scientifically inspired the world to stop inspiring with this conceited wisdom.
Pedro Show. Start the second hour off with And a Hope doing Guilt Trip. Then we had uh, James Rocket with Tenants. Blue Coop. That's got two of the Alice Cooper, uh, no, Alice Cooper bass player and two of the Blue Oyster Cults, the Bouchard Brothers, uh, with Untamed Youth in Connecticut there. I think near Danbury. Tunnel Rat. That's a young man from Ohio. Uh, Pulling Mine. Maybe Columbus. Two backs from Italy with Radar and finally Eternal Black, the ghost. And I was just uh, hip, listeners, to the fact that Eternal Black was actually before End of Hope. But, you know, I just rolled the dice <laughs> and was guessing. And I once again guessed wrong. So, Ken, enlighten us to Eternal Black. Since that was, that's the earliest music that you gave me to play on the show, how did that get going? That's a Brooklyn band. Yeah, so I wanted to do, you may know Wino from... Oh, of course, he, he, Yeah, he sang St. Vitus, and he had The Obsessed, and The Obsessed is, and Wino's music, including his other band, Spear Caravan, uh, and The Hidden Hand, which is a great band, too. It's always been really important to me. Um, he's also the guy, when I was first learning to play guitar, that I was like... I just latched onto, you, you know, you have those guys when you're first really learning an instrument where you're like, kind of, I, I like that sound. I want to, I want to be able to do that. And Wino was the guy that uh, there was just some type of connection where I felt like I could play that and do that well. And I was really into it. And still to this day, like I, I always dissect his stuff and try to learn it as much as I can because it, I was just, I've always been enamored with it. And uh, I w always wanted to do a band like The Obsessed because at that time The Obsessed had broken up. You know, they they had a they had a rough go where you know nobody nobody they, they were big in Germany, but in the states there weren't that many people into them when they were around in the early nineties. Yeah, I was going to say and, I think they had a French Frenchman on bass. Yeah, Guy he was right. on bass. And I got to tell you, why well, know you know I'm always thinking about early Black Sabbath, and I was kind of like what you're talking about with Geezer Butler. I tried to learn a lot of the stuff he did. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, and Iomi is another guy, but Wino takes Iomi and he sort of carries it to this different place because he's, yeah. he's got a bit of jazz in his head yeah. like you do, you know? So he, he's, he's taken it into this whole different place, and there's some weird-ass scales he's using, and his solos have this, this intensity and, I'll say, insanity to them that I'm always like, yeah, I'm not a I'm not a clean soloist. I like the insanity of his solos. And that was the one thing I focused on was like there has to be this sort of madness to that solo, you know? Did you like Vitus um, uh with Scotty? I did, but I like the Wino years better. Okay. And, and I know but you like I, Dave, I know some people Dave fall Chandler way. guitar? Because Dave Chandler What's guitar that? is Dave Chandler guitar kind of different than Wino. Oh yeah, much different. And Dave, but Dave had that weird insanity to his playing too, because yeah, he was yeah. kind of keying off Gin, yeah, and, and and he would do those those solos, which they're not solos, they're and and to call them noise is to discredit what he's doing. Like he's just going to this psychological place that like your shred guys could never get to. They they just don't have the the headspace to go do something like that. So I love when Chandler would do that, and I love seeing him live. He just—he's so into what he's doing live. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic to watch. Wino's a little more reserved. Dave's oh yeah, Wino. Wino just projects. He's just got that aura. That guy yeah. knows what he's doing. And, and but I, I love seeing. If Wino shows up with a Glockenspiel and a tuba, I'll go see that guy play. <laughs> yeah. 
I want to play yeah. Lost in the Fade.
this is another I like sad songs more than anything else it's a good day for it I yeah. guess in front of a fireplace or a coffee pot seeing that this is the WMMS coffee break concert kind of good whiskey this is a Jackson Brown song and it's called These Days it's pretty sad I've been out walking I don't do that much talking these days These days These days I seem to think a lot About the things that I forgot to do And all of the times I had a chance to I had a lover I don't believe I'll risk another these days These days And if I seem to be afraid To live the life that I have made in song Well, it's just that I've been losing I stopped my rambling I don't do that much gambling these days These days These days I spend my time alone And count the time in quarter tones content Don't confront me with my failures I had not forgotten them La 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 You wetback slug The big men are gonna talk shop Eighteen holes then dinner at the club Prime rib, no Mexican slob Everything's in place The mark's been greased He's drooling to be soaked I want a nine iron for this lie, Jose <laughs> I just made a joke Don't you wanna be like me? Don't you want to be free like me? Your dismal scratching sucker lives. I love how you look up to me. Crawled out of a New York sewer. Phony Christian porn star screwer. Ah, you know who I am. The POS POTUS. Charlie Tan. Glad 
Look at me. Tell your room's okay. And did you have a good flight? I've lined up a little evening's fun. Y'all like redheads, right? Gentlemen, how should we proceed? The rainbow rooster tap. I've got a roper lined up at Inside Man, and he's gonna take care of all that. Don't you wanna be like me? Don't you wanna be free beyond free? I can get away with anything. I love how they all envy me. I'm the king of slink and slime. Show me your weak and you're all mine, cause I'm a self-made man. That MAGA monster, Charlie Tan. The banks are in my pocket, and my lawyers clog the courts. The law slides off my snakeskin back, and all the judges, they've been bought. All you gotta do is just sit tight and watch this dumb jump squirm, cause that's the way the world is. Gentlemen, watch and learn. Don't you wanna be like me? But you wanna be free like me? I'm the master, distracted. I love how they believe in me. Crawl out of a New York sewer, made a bit at the backs of the poor, that vulgar, lying yam, the stable genius, Charlie Tan. Charlie Tan. Charlie Tan. Charlatan. Charlie Tan, Charlie Tan, Charlatan, 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 Charlatan.
issues in Europe. Uh, I saw him in New York City, and Chandler's doing some insane solo thing. And Chandler, being the elder statesman that he is, decides he's going to jump into the crowd and go nuts with the guitar. But he's 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 moved up in years, so he's not as flexible and athletic as he used to be. <laughs> so he can't get back up on the stage. And Wino's kind of watching it, just Awkward. going like, well, here we are. Yeah. Awkward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it was like... Great at the start, <laughs> a little rough on the finish, finish there, dude. Yeah. So, so you were you were explaining about Eternal Black. Yeah. So, uh, God, that was a, I really drove that off into a tangent. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. I tend That's to do cool. that. Um, so, I I really wanted to do a band like The Obsessed, uh, like I Hate God. Uh, you know, even a little bit of sleep and everything, and um, I knew a guy who uh, had actually played in like a a never got off the ground punk rock cover band it was like all right i'm just looking for people so grabbed him and then we put an ad in like craigslist like drummer and put the band names in and first guy called us up or emailed uh was the guy and he was perfect and he played with groove and power and we're like that's our guy all right we got the core let's and you know i can you can you can attack me for my playing ability but the one thing i can do as a guitar player is i can write a riff and i can i can cobble together a song pretty damn fast and so we just were cranking out songs and we we felt like we had a sound so we went to go record a three song demo yeah and the guys who did it did such a phenomenal job we're like screw it let's do it as an ep and then in this day and age what's great is you don't need a record label so you, just, sure. you put that out you work really hard on telling people about it and then suddenly it's like hey we got a following wound up playing a you know a festival or two all right, let's move on to the next one. And and it's really trying to take that sound of the obsessed and St. Vitus and I hate God and, and all that stuff and kind of drag it forward. Yeah. So you hear a little bit of the past in there. You, you hear where, you know, what we're influenced by, but we're also trying to, to, to make it our own and to make it something modern. And the thing about St. Vitus and the obsessed and those bands was like that doom music kind of gave you the willies made the hair stand up on your arms a little bit and that's yeah, what yeah, i always yeah. thought was cool about it so eternal black does it have any connect to end of hope it does in a way and you know eternal black we're still going you know well we put out you know so that's still active and while i was doing that i i kept thinking about the thing with eternal black is it's slower music you know as as you've heard you know it's slower songs it's slower paced I'm a massive Motorhead fan, and I'm also a massive Black Flag fan, and I, I'm like, man, I'd, I'd love to do a band that would bring those two things together, and as fate would have it, Eternal Black's playing shows with this band called Bowhead, and the guy singing in Bowhead is Davy Gunner from Kraut, who you might remember. I remember Kraut. <laughs> so Davy's singing in Bowhead, and Davy and I, you know, maybe it's the fact that we're both East Coast Italian dumbasses, but whatever it is, we we get along. We we connect right away, and and we're talking, and we're both in our respective bands and admiring each other. And then you know, at some point, he just goes, "Hey, man, you ever want to do something? I'd love to do something with you." You know, and I just go, "I got an idea. I want to do a band that's like Motorhead and Black Flag." And he just goes, "I'm down. Let's do it." And I knew the bass player uh, Davis from some other bands. I knew he was a really talented guy, and then I knew the drummer. Dave had his own band called St. Bastard, like his own one-man project, but I knew he was this, like, he's probably a phenomenal drummer. Um, and 
that came together so damn fast. I think within two months, we had the whole album ready. Wow. So in a way, it was and, a side project. Oh, yeah. Okay. And okay. It, it just, because suddenly I didn't, you know, in Eternal Black, I write all the music. So I got to do lyrics. Yeah, I, you you're know, I put all this together. Yeah. Rudder Man. Yeah, I, I bring it all in for the guys, and then you know we sort of you know put it together. And to hope, I just have to write riffs, and then we all get in the room and we hack at that thing like it's a piece of meat. Oh, so it's we more, get all more, that, uh, all that. more a collab, collaboration. Oh yeah, yeah. See, and, that's what I was talking about uh, about playing different roles. Why why always be in the same role in every sitch? Oh yeah, yeah. And and Davey is amazing at. He's got notebooks and on his phone he's got stuff he's kept for years that we start i come in with hey i've got this collection of riffs i think it's a song me the bass player and the drummer we start going ah this should be shorter make this uh, make this bit a little one section longer and then by the time we've got that he's like i got it and davy's already got like a test set of lyrics and in the room on that day we're rolling so we just had it going fast <laughs> and i think it i think it served the music like that music so high energy and so fun to play yeah that's yep. a bitching that's a bitching uh we're at the end of the second hour july 25 2020 dish wap peter so special guest ken walrob hold tight for yeah. hour three july 25th 2020 it's the third hour of the wap from pedro show
The Bellies Sonorous and pleading For us a clarion call That heaven sent a plea To us all Romance and lost 
Watt for Pedro Show. Start off the third hour with Into Nothing from Eternal Black. And Crane with the Bell Rings. Dream Phases with Bard Winda. And finally, Eternal Black with Some of All Fears. So, by the way, people still go, going, uh, l- let's talk about your writing. You, you like to write, you, what, what, five books? No, no, I, I wish I was that damn productive. I did, I did three. Did you Google that? I, don't, I, don't I went to goodreads.com. Ah, okay. Uh, yeah, that you know, I I did three, two short story collections, and then one novel about the devil. Okay. Uh, <laughs> now, how'd you um, get it? Is this what you studied at school? No. Another thing that I just really wanted to do it and 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 picked it up. I don't. I used to like. I used to do like record reviews and stuff, you know, uh, and. I got to a point with record reviews where I was like, I'm tired of being a damn critic. And I'm, I'm, I'm tired. And I wasn't writing negative reviews. The one thing I was always adding about, like, I'm not going to bash somebody. Like there's so much music out there. There's no reason to write a negative review and and slag somebody's band, especially when I wasn't making music at that time. Um, So, but at a certain point, I got to this this point where I'm like, why am I writing reviews of other people doing stuff? Like, I need to do some of my own stuff. Yeah. And kind of the same way I stumbled into learning how to put a band together and learning how to record or, or learn how to play guitar or any of that, I just started trying to write, you know, you, you try to emulate the people you admire, right? Yeah. So trying to emulate, like, Vonnegut and Shirley Jackson and... and you know, all these other writers and, and uh, Bukowski and John Fonte Shirley and all Jackson, that stuff. That's the lottery, right? Yeah, yeah. As, as a matter of fact, uh, I read that today because uh, New Yorker republished it. Like they put it in the, their latest issue. Wow. And I, every time I read the lottery, I know the ending. I know what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm still like, I I'm remember, still like, I remember I one it. of the lines from one of the old guys. He goes, lottery in June, corn comes soon. That's right. That's right. The weird part is reading it now. Yeah. It, man, it, it feels like it's talking about the environment we're in right now. Kind of, <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I heard that she wrote it. She was at the store. And no matter what line, it was the longest line or the short, she's going to be the last one to go through the cashier because she won the lottery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's where uh, I read she got the idea for the plot. I like I that story. Like I remember. Here, here's a here's a childhood memory for you. Elementary school, some teacher came up with the idea. There's a short film version of the lottery. You can find it on YouTube. Okay. And they showed it to us in school, and it's the lottery. So at the ending, they're they're gonna stone it. Stone right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, sorry for a spoiler for anybody that hadn't read the lottery yet, but <laughs> yeah, they stoned the lady at the end. You know? Yeah. Uh, Real civilized. <laughs> yeah, yeah, real civilized. Like, really civil and good, good folk about it, but it's her turn, so she's got to come. Fucked up. Here, I want to play this other project that you, got, you just started with this COVID-19 thing. Uh, Swarm of Flies.
spinning, frozen and dead above us for all time. Let's see if when you look up at the night, it's just a graveyard, a cemetery, a frozen mortuary spinning above you. That's all there is. Empty except for death. Tend to sl- I, I'm not an overwriter. I may be an overtalker, but I'm not an overwriter. Uh, so I tend to try to write really sparse anyway, just to, because uh, it, it would feel weird to me to if I'm like it sounds weird to me when I'm over eloquent when I'm writing. Okay. You know. Yeah. Well, maybe from your writing reviews, you know, because you learned to condense early your thoughts. Uh, we just heard a. Uh, the Jaunt from Swarm of Flies. Before that, Heaven Channel Season 1, LP8, Side A, Galextasy. This is Jared and uh, Raquel out in Joshua Tree here. During this lockdown, eight albums they've recorded so far in four months. So I don't want to hear anybody saying they're bored. <laughs> and we started <laughs> off the last chunk of music for this edition with Swarm of Flies, Mine All Along. And uh, enlighten us to Swarm of Flies there, Ken. So... When the world just stopped, uh, as everybody's, we're all living through it right now, I didn't, I didn't want to stop. So my, you know, my main bands, Eternal Black and End of Hope, we were, we were playing shows, we were working on albums, we were, we were going full gas, and then all of a sudden, like everybody else had to go through, it's like, eh, breaks on, you know, we can't go play shows. We had festivals, we were supposed to be playing in May, like, yeah, we're not, you know, we're not doing that. Uh, well, postpone. But, uh, you will down the road. Yeah, yeah. I mean, postpone, but it's like, you know, I, hey, nothing's going to happen in 2020. So, <laughs> you know, w- what are you going to do with your time? And, you know, I wanted to keep making music. And then the first thing I did was I, I hadn't recorded at home in a while because with the bands, you know, when we're active and you can go to other people's places, we were recording at studios and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know what, I'm going to get the home gear kind of in shape. I'm going to update the software and, and catch up to where the world has been, because I think it had been like 10 years since I recorded at home. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, whoa, the technology is much better. Like, I use a, a old Marshall JMP head for my guitar parts in both bands, and I can get a plug-in that simulates that exact head. I'm like, that's kind of cool. Let's play around with that. And then what I realized was, hey, I can still create new music, but I, you know, I didn't want to do the, hey, program drums or just some solo, like, hey, it's me thing. Why not use it as a way to flex some different creative muscles, jam with some different people in, in a sort of remote way? So I just started reaching out to everybody who I admired, who I knew might be able to record at home, who had, you know, bands I played, you know, guys and bands I, I played with at shows or who'd been friends of mine for a while and said, hey, do you want to play on this? Um, and you're, all you're I did talking was about, uh, trading files. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So all I did was I would send a first layer and the thing I figured out really quickly was I can't, I can't do like I do with my normal bands where like, I can't put together a song because then I'm taking away what the other person could give. So what I have to do is be really minimal and just give them a single layer 
and they go, okay, you add on that, and then you send that back to me, and I may modify what I did or add something else, and then I'm going to send that to somebody else. And just that back and forth, and uh, act, so that song. React, react, act, act, react. Yep. Yeah. So it's a it's a digital remote form of improvisation, if you will, because you know I'm not necessarily saying no, nah, don't do that. It's more of like, hey, I dig that. I may edit what you're doing, but I, I may also then put another layer on that. And so, like that first song, uh, or the song you just played, mine all along. Yeah. The guy singing is a guy named Earl Walker Lundy who sings in this band Shadow Witch. And I, I was like, Earl, you want to do it? Yeah. He sent me back three-part harmony. <laughs> yeah. I, I never in my life will ever <laughs> sing three-part harmony. I don't. I can growl. I can't sing three-part harmony. Earl sends me back three-part harmony, and, and it's beautiful sounding. And I'm like, oh, this just took this to another level. This is amazing. And then uh, my drummer from End of Hope, Dave Richmond, who was like, he went to Berkeley. He's a phenomenal drummer. He just, he adds something to everything he does. He sends back that drum part that's real swingy, and you're like, oh, this is fantastic. Or the, the other song, The Jaunt, that voiceover, yeah. that's, a, that's a dude named uh, Andy Martin from this band called Clamp Fight, uh, who's a friend of mine from Philadelphia. Um, a lot of the weird drones and, and that surf guitar is this guy named Eric Kaplan, who's also from Philadelphia, this band Thunderbird Divine. They're good friends of mine. I'm like, hey, I got this thing. It's kind of like the Repo Man soundtrack thing. Do you want, you want to play on it? Like, yeah. Eric sent me like six different tracks. Andy goes, I want to do a spoken word thing. That cool with you? I'm like, absolutely. He comes back with that whole thing about the stones and the stars yeah, yeah. and it's just a graveyard up in the sky. And <laughs> I'm like, I never would have been able, I never would have done this in the other two bands. There would never would have been anything that sounded like this. Now, now I understand the name, Swarm of Fl Swarms of Dudes. So, so in yeah, a way, yeah. this isn't just a holding pattern. This is a whole other way of being expressive. Oh, hell yeah. This is, you know, I'm playing different guitars. I, I learned how to play Moog. Like, I, I, I got the Moog app. There, there's that mini Moog app that they have that's actually pretty phenomenal. So on the jaunt, you'll hear that humming Moog part underneath, like, I don't know how to play a Moog. I was like, I think there should be a Moog part here and just figured it out. And, <laughs> That's great. Hey, Ken, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, so each band's got their own stuff. So eternal black at bank, uh, excuse me, eternal black dot bandcamp dot com and hope dot bandcamp dot com and uh swarm of flies dot bandcamp dot com. Do you have a site for your writing? No, nah, I've kind of backburnered that for now. Okay. Okay. Uh, I got too much music to make. <laughs> I heard about Bandcamp. They're, they're going to continue these Fridays. That stuff's great. People always buy a lot of stuff from us and everything. You know, And Fridays, they give all have, the bones to the artist, right? Yeah, it's great for us because, you know, we for Eternal Black, we've got vinyl. For Eternal Black and Nope, we got CDs and shirts. So it's, yeah, I mean, if you're putting your wish list together, like, throw one of those bands on there for us. Yeah. Look. Any advice about your journey? For, for one thing, it's never too late to start guitar, right? That's for sure. Oh, that's the big one, yeah. <laughs> and I, you know what? what? One more thing on that was I, I did the smart thing, which was I played on my own for a little while. And then I, I got lucky where uh, a guy named, you might know, uh, Chris Haskett, who played with the Rollins Band sure. for years. Chris was giving guitar lessons in New York City. Wow. And 
So I went, all right, I'm going to go take guitar lessons from this guy who like Rollins Band and End of Silence and, and those albums are massive for me. And I'm like, I'm going to go sit down with one of my idols and have him teach me guitar. And Chris is the nicest guy, super intelligent guy. And like, I learned a ton from him. And then I went and kept playing, you know, after Chris stopped giving lessons, I kept playing that. Then I formed bands. And even after I had formed my bands, I'm like, I need to learn some new stuff. But like, I don't like my solos. They're not where I want them to be. And so uh, Bob Balch from Fu Manchu gives sure. lessons on Skype. And I'm like, I'm going to take lessons from Bob. And uh, I learned a shit ton from Bob. And it's never too late. Like you keep, you keep finding new ways to learn stuff. And sometimes you learn on your own. Other times, like it's good to go study at the feet of a master and kind of see how they do it, you know? Sure, but the, the, the main point, is, it's a fucking classroom. Let's, we're here to learn. That's all life is. Yeah. Big honor to have you aboard, Kent. Good luck. I uh, can't wait Thank to hear you, some more. Please flow me new swarm of flies as it comes, because this is interesting. As I hell. will. But the other, the other two projects, too. Uh, really, the best of luck to you. Safe seas. Keep that keel in the water. People, it's been the July 25, 2020 edition of Wap Peter Show. Keep your powder dry.